This episode sponsored by Microdose.com. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com. Use the code OPI to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to my little live stream from the ocean. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a little. It's a little cold out here today. There's Doggy. You can hear the birds. Let's see who's uh, checking in. We got Ted Palawata. RJ Henners, we got Rob Vetter, we got Larry, Lisa Connor. How are you, GH? We got Puppy. Well, Puppy's almost, uh, man, the people that have been with me for a while, um, Doggy's going to be three years old in another month. Can you believe that? Seemed like yesterday we brought him home as a little uh, a little nugget. What's up, Lewis? My favorite DJ. Damn, thank you, sir. We actually got up... Um, Man, time was it, doggy? About five thirty, we both uh, jumped uh, jumped up. I heard scratching, and I know we got a possum that lead that leaves um, piles of poo on our stairs right over here. And I know it's uh, I know it's a possum because we've seen the possum on the stairs before. But he's obsessed with with our deck and and the stairs and likes to lay his poo on the stairs. Uh, so the scratching woke us up. I don't know what. There might be something living in, in uh, one of the walls out here. We do have kittens. We haven't seen the kittens uh, since we've been out here the last few days. But we have kittens. You see the raccoons. You see the possums. What else do we see? We see deer. And one, one time only, I saw a fox. That was pretty spectacular. Ran right down my path and ran ran to the beach it was uh pretty awesome but that was the only time I, i've seen a fox out here uh cheetah heels yes that's uh that's uh that's a patrice o'neill bit right exotic uh exotic foods to eat oh i got one i got a clip from the latest episode of dub beer show and there's a clip of um matt's wife eating what they call dancing shrimp in uh in thailand and then of course i post it and you get, I, I, I swear to you, I, I, we really got to look into the education uh, system in, in America because it'd be one thing if, like, what I'm about to say was someone trying to be cute, funny, but you know damn well how they write it that they're being dead serious. Uh, uh, two people wrote, that's not dancing shrimp. They're alive. And they're just jumping around. They're not dancing. I'm like, oh, really? The shrimp aren't actually dancing? But that's what they call the dish in uh, Thailand, I believe, dancing shrimp. But people had to point that out, that they weren't dancing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right. Sea monkeys. Remember the sea monkeys when we were growing up? Where are my older people at? That was a big deal. Kids today, they have uh, their iPads and the internet. And we had sea monkeys. Cheers. Cheers to the sea monkeys. 
I have a sea monkey family for over a year now. My daughter enjoyed them for 30 seconds. Now these efforts just won't die. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, the sea monkey thing was absolutely amazing growing up. As a kid, you bought into it. And then they had little what drawings on the side of the package. Like you could you could make a little sea monkey circus, I think it was, right? And then it turns out you get older and you're like, what? They're just selling brine shrimp in the mail. It's just brine shrimp. It's not sea monkeys. They're not going to be jumping through hoops at a mini circus. And that's real. Oh, in the background or uh, Lewis needs to know. Um, this, this deck is real, real cedar. Can't fight the cedar. Can't fight the cedar. When this uh, deck was first put in with the cedar, um, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous red color. And then, of course, you know, the the weather just knocks it down to a dull grayish brown. Although I think I'm a little colorblind, so I, maybe it's still red and I just can't see red anymore. I, I don't know. Uh-oh, look who is back. Look who is back. Please tell me this prank was true. Did a gaggle of pests slap wild bumper stickers on Howard's limo at a Lincoln Square stoplight on his way to Letterman in 2006? And Ronnie had to replace the <laughs> Radio gunk. I have a love-hate relationship with you. You understand that. Maybe a little love now than hate, but you'll you'll blow it again. I, I, I guarantee it. And that's okay. You're only human. The story goes that uh, we absolutely... Um, slapped wow bumper stickers when wow was a massively huge thing going on in new york city and we absolutely slapped them on howard's limo the part of ronnie replacing the limo because because the limo had uh opie and anthony wow stickers on it i i don't i don't think that's true and i'd be very surprised if it was because you could just peel a bumper sticker off but uh the first part is absolutely true and it happened more than once that Howard's limo was was slapped with wow stickers. <laughs> Can't fight the cedar. Michael Miller, you got it. Can't fight the cedar. Man, I'm telling you, the Veruca Salt Girls came into WAF, the only station that really rocks in Boston. I've I've told this story many, many times. The blonde, I forgot her name flirted with me a big time and uh i think the other one was named louise right louise what, what were the names of the the veruca salt girls i think being Anne at the time i had a girlfriend he had a wife yuck yuck to both those things back then and the veruca salt uh ladies came in and they were digging uh they were absolutely the blonde was absolutely digging on me flirting with me and the other one was definitely uh, flirting with Anthony a bit. And I, I, I do believe we both thought we had a shot with the Veruca Salt uh, girls. And that's where the story ends. Because we had to go back home to our hags. <laughs> you can call your ex a hag, right? That's okay, isn't it? In this day and age. <laughs> 
All right, Radio Gunk's back. Howard was bragging about getting a new limo right around that time. Oh, all right. Well, I, I don't know that part of the story. I know, I know the pests from time to time. And maybe somebody that you might know might have slapped a wow sticker on a, on a Howard Stern limo. That's all I know. I don't know the part about, uh, <laughs> about actually having to buy a new limo. Are sea monkeys a delicacy in Thailand? Gail, uh, Gail wants to know. I don't know. Maybe those uh, those dancing shrimp that people had to point out were not actually dancing. Um, maybe they're just the brine, brine shrimp. Brine. Your mouth has to go like that when you say brine shrimp. Did I just get five buckaroos? I did get five buckaroos. I if if you give me a little pocket money, you go right to the front of the line. Okay. And I uh, and I read your comment cold. So here we go. JD straight shot. Thanks for the five dollars. If Uncle Paul was so good, why doesn't Jimmy do the character anymore? Did he almost cry defending Uncle Paul from your criticism? He is a bum. Oh, yeah, man. When he was doing all that uh, child humor, let's just put it that way. Uh, the bosses were not happy about it. And he was very, very defiant. At the time, very defiant. What he doesn't do it anymore. What happened to defiant Jimmy that made it all about himself when people were coming to him and going, you know, this is this isn't really a, a good character. You know, most of your audience actually actually have kids or know or know uh, kids very very well. This character isn't that good. It's not good if you're trying to grow an audience and Jimmy would turn red and then he would do it more and more. So I guess that uh, version of Jim Norton's not around anymore. The defiant Jim Norton. Yuck. Yuck. Uh, best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. You know what? I think you're right. Let me think about the best part of waking up. Well, for me, the best part of waking up is hearing critters in your walls. Scratch, scratch. That scratch, scratch noise is never good, right? There must be a hole somewhere in my house and these damn critters are living in the walls. I swear to you, I got a neighbor. It doesn't matter. It's literally this house right here. I was going to be like, oh, you know, make sure you don't say which neighbor it is. Who cares? This neighbor over here, there are a lot of raccoons. He tells this story, and he swears by it, that they were eating uh, a meal, whatever, in their kitchen. And he felt something kind of touch or grab his, uh, his foot. He looked down, and there was a little raccoon arm that came through a vent under the table and was touching or grabbing his foot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my. I would lose my effing mind. Okay. Thank you, Michael Miller. So can't fight the cedar. Cedar, because we were talking about cedarwood earlier, if you're wondering. I know the song is Can't Fight the Cedar, which was a very cool alternative rock song back in the day. So it was Louise Post and Nina. Yes, her name was Nina. Thank you, Michael Miller. Nina Gordon. And, you know, I downplay a lot of the stuff that had happened to us back in the day. But I'm telling you that uh, Nina Gordon, I could speak for myself, was digging the kid 
I had a much younger, uh, youthful look to myself. I had like hair down on my shoulders and she was definitely digging on the kid when we were doing radio in Boston. And, uh, Louise post definitely seemed attractive or attracted to, uh, uh, one Anthony Cumia. And then we said, no, 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 no. And we went back to our hags. <laughs> no, we can't do this. No, no. We're both in miserable relationships. No, no, we can't do this. Come on, guys. Let's go out for a few drinks. No, 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 no. And then we went back to our hags. God. Some of the things... I told you at the time, like, uh, these girls, this is when Anthony and I uh, definitely were getting along. We went to an appearance. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Some bar, whatever. We had to do appearances up, up there in Boston. And they had, like, uh, I think they were Bud Light girls. They were some, you know how you go to a bar and you got the really good-looking girls, and they're, like, there to try to sell some product. In this case, it was some beer. I feel like it was, uh, it was Budweiser. So we're at the bar, and um, these girls are there, and they're trying to sell beer or whatever. You know, they're like kind of like uh, spokespeople that they they hire, and the girls are flirting with us. And uh, Anthony might have been making out with one behind a banner, might have been. I don't know. I don't know. My memory's a little foggy these days. And then uh, another girl was hitting on me, and she was grabbing my hand. And then um, the appearance was over. The bars up there in Boston closed kind of early, I remember. Something like mid midnight, maybe one. And uh, me and Anthony drove together. And the, the girls were like, what are you guys doing? This is a true story. Oh, my God. I like that we're talking about good stuff today. Because uh, talking about that, all that crap is getting tiresome. I understand that. So the girls go to me and Anthony. What are you guys doing? Now the bars are closed. We we still want to hang out. And uh, we we basically we basically said, uh, what, "What do you ladies have in mind?" And they said, "There's a pond nearby. We want to go skinny dipping." After me and Anthony stopped gulping, gulp. We want to go skinny dipping. What do you think me and Anthony did? No, 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 no. We can't do that. No, no, no. We got to go home to our hags. <laughs> we didn't go skinny dipping. Remember I just said when you have a, a feeling in your gut, you should follow that feeling? Because now... I have uh, I have time on my side. Time has gone by. Anthony's no longer married to that woman, and I'm no longer with that hag. So we let a, an amazing experience go by. Follow your gut, kids. Yeah, man. We said no to skinny uh, skinny dipping, and we said no to the Veruca Salt uh, gals. They definitely want to hang out. I, what their intentions were officially, I don't know. But I felt like uh, there was something going on there at the time. This episode sponsored by Microdose.com. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com 
Use the code Opie to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. A lot of people wondering, hey, Ope, are you still microdosing? And my answer is, hell yeah. Now, microdosing, the concept of microdosing is commonly associated with psychedelics, wellness, performance enhancement, and creativity. The number one reason why I'm microdosing, by the way, is to get a better night sleep. For me, it's given me great, great sleep. Also, it has helped with the creative boost, enjoying the moment, and it's also helped with some anxiety issues. If you need to know more about microdosing, definitely go to microdose.com. They'll explain this even further. You probably heard about it a little bit here and there. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. The reason it's so cool is that it gives you just a touch of the THC. Oh, by the way, if you want a little more, oh, they could take care of you in that way as well. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. All around, there are 10 out of 10 for me. I, I really, really love these guys. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use the promo code OP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And if you're still not entirely sure what this is all about, at the very least, go to microdose.com. And if you like what you see, use the promo code OP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And I'll throw that link in the description of this podcast episode. Microdose.com, promo code OP. Oh, you like that? I, I like to say, can't fight the Seeger as a Bob Seeger reference. I like that. What's your favorite Bob Seeger song, man? I might have to go with, let's do this. Down on Main Street. No, I don't like that one. I mean, it's good, though. My favorite. On a long, lonesome highway. East of Omaha. Although Metallica did an amazing version of that song. That's a great song. That's a great Bob Seger song. I'm going to go with my favorite Bob Seger song. Oh, you weren't asking? <laughs> I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Against the Wind. We were running against the wind. I would go with that one, I think. Do you want some money? Yeah, I do want money. But I feel like this is a setup, Tim. Ha ha, Opie, the polar bear club goes skinny dipping in the wintertime. Eek, do they? Ah, uh, yeah, Andy, they do. But, I mean, I don't, I don't respect any polar bear, polar... I'm going to call them a polar bearer unless they dip their head in the damn water. Running up to your knees and back out and being covered by a giant quilt is not impressive. When they show that footage on TV, you'll see there's one or two that just go for it and go for the good old dive. Those people I respect. But the, uh, the ones that just go in barely up to their knees, well, go after yourself. Fire Lake is a great song, Chuck Lynn. Very nice. Honestly, Turn the Page has to be Bob Seger's best song, though. And Metallica did just an absolutely killer version of that song. My goodness. Rambling Gambling Man is good. Okay, now all the Bob Seger songs are coming in. Rambling Gambling Man was really good, John Quartz. He's another one, man. I've, I've seen no less than 
man, if I had to put a number on it, no less than 500 concerts, no less. I think that's pretty accurate. And and there are bands that I never saw. And one of them was Bob Seger, man. Why the fuck? I saw Southside Johnny. Why wouldn't I see Bob Seger? So stupid. And I, I said, like, Alice in Chains I never saw. I never saw Nirvana. So dumb. Uh, did you ever have a sincere, friendly moment with Howard? Not a one. The story goes, he, he switched his hours near the end of my run at SiriusXM. We were passing each other in the hallway with our security guards. And I started saying hi to him. And he got very, very mad that I had the nerve to say hi to him. I was trying. Reached out to some of his people to have a little sit down with Howard. I said, we don't have to do this on the air. I don't give a crap. I won't even talk about it on the air. Um, that didn't happen either. But um, we would pass each other in the hall. This happened a, a few times. He'd get mad. And I said, well, I'm going to keep trying. So every time I saw him, it was, it was the luck of the draw. Like some days I'd walk down the hall and not see him at all. Okay. And then other days it would just match up and we would, we would go like this. And I would say hi. People know this story. And because I did that, um, he had the whole place shut down. <laughs> what a baby. Close to a billionaire. And he couldn't take a high. Oh, my God. There's not enough therapy for that guy to, to figure it all out in his dumb head. Kathy Hag, that's so derogative. You must have had a bad breakup. Cheating is not the answer. I, I didn't cheat on my... I'm not a cheater there, Kathy. I'm, I'm, I was saying hag just to be funny, to, if you want to know the truth. Sometimes you say and do stuff just to be funny there, Kathy. Uh, I, it was just uh, it was a relationship that should have ended. That should have ended seven or eight years before it did. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that stays in a relationship even though you know you're not into it anymore. That's smart, right? Waste seven or eight years of your youth on a person because that's all you knew growing up because your dad was an enabler and he passed that trade on to you. Oh, am I sharing too much information? I wish her the best wherever she is. It was such a who gives a crap relationship that I don't even snoop and, and try to look her up on Facebook like, like all of us do with our exes. I, I've never done that. I have no idea what she does. I don't care. I've looked up other girlfriends. Hell yeah. I've only been to one concert. It was uh, Panic at the Disco, and I snuck in and got escorted out for walking on the stage. All right. I'm going to predict that you're, you're probably less than 30 years old because that's the difference. You know, you know, there are things that will date a person. And if you tell people that you've gone to, gone to hundreds of concerts, then you're an older person for a couple reasons. One being that there's not a lot of rock shows anymore. There's not even a lot of rock bands anymore. So that makes it uh, hard to go to a lot of shows. And then the second thing that gives it away is the fact that you can't afford to go to hundreds of shows anymore. What was a ticket for Bruce Springsteen recently? Like he needs the money. He like it's it's well over a thousand dollars a ticket, I think. Right? Uh, Hag is a mild description of an ex, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you, ex. <laughs> well, we talk about the haters and how Kumia ruined your life. Kumia did not ruin my life. Kumia, no, he's he didn't ruin my life, but he certainly 
he certainly turned a whole bunch of people um, against me. That that's that's just great. He didn't ruin my life though. God no, God no. All right, Radio Gunk. After the lockdown vid, I heard a panicked Howard say your name in code on the air on around 2017. It went, uh, Ronnie, you take you take of that guy with security so we can get out of here on time today. <laughs> I don't I don't know, Radio Gunk. The other side of that, Ronnie knew it was all nonsense because how how it would work at SiriusXM. I can't tell you how many times I went down the elevator with just Ronnie because he was going to get the car for Howard. And we would joke and laugh. He is a very, very cool guy, this Ronnie. And how he treated me and acted towards me, I could tell he didn't give two craps about the nonsense. We would just joke about what was going on that day or just laugh or Every once in a while, he would tell a little joke. Him and uh, him and Club Soda Kenny had, you know, they got along. I must have been in that elevator with him, no less than. Man, it could be a hundred times. All those years I was doing radio over there, it could be a hundred times. Not one did he give me a side eye or a look or say leave Howard alone. He, he knew it was all nonsense. Howard was clearly afraid to say your proper name on air. I have the audio say, oh, no, he hated. He he rarely mentioned us by name. Oh, but he mentioned us by name behind the scenes when he was yelling and screaming at the bosses about us. Then he had no problem saying our names. He played it uh, two different ways. He made believe none of this stuff bothered him on the air. And then off air. Uh, he would he would yell and scream and demand that we get shut down. Oh damn! I got some grease on my lens. Oh boy, my natural filter is going away. I got grease on my lens. I got grease on my lens, and I don't know. All right, that was a little stretch. I get it. All right, let's start wrapping up. Oh, but yeah, that time Howie was yelling, ONA are my clones. Yeah, okay, we were your clones. He couldn't figure us out. That was the beauty of us. And we weren't scared of him and his nonsense like other radio guys. All the radio guys would go in a complete panic when Howard attacked them or would talk about them. Not us. We're like, bring it on, bitch. Bring it on. Do you listen regularly to any pods right now? I listen to... um. I listened to Fly on the Wall with David Spade and Dana Carvey, but Dana Carvey is a narcissist, and it gets so annoying. Uh, but David Spade is a really good uh, talker, and basically the podcast is uh, the ins and outs of Saturday Night Live. They just did a Chris Farley tribute, part one and part two. I don't know if Dana Carvey's ever had – had interactions with just regular people. It's it's weird. He's so frustrating. His narcissism is on full display, and and they're having an amazing conversation. And then he brings it back ar around to him and something he did. It's just. But David Spade is really really good, and and the reason why I still listen to the damn thing. And they got they get everybody on there. They had Chris Rock and Adam Sandler and. Uh, 
who else? Just pretty much every cast member you can think of from the past and the present. I like it. It's really interesting to 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 learn about the um, behind the scenes stuff of Saturday Night Live. These guys that you know and love from from the past, especially, they were making absolutely no money doing Saturday Night Live. They were they were barely paying their bills, and I'm talking like big, huge stars. And then these same people weren't allowed to do movies or anything like that. They could completely control them. The new cast ma- members, they're all about their own brand and stuff, and they they couldn't hold them back anymore. So they're allowed to do whatever they want outside SNL. But there was a time that over and over again, it comes up that some big SNL star uh, was offered a huge movie, and they just simply weren't allowed to do it. Just crazy. Belushi and Aykroyd were the best. They sure were way up there. My favorite cast member of all time on Saturday Night Live was Chris Farley. Hands down, Chris Farley. Chris Farley killed it in every skit he was on. And he, and he was obsessed with the, uh, the John Belushi. He was completely obsessed. And he died the exact same age as John Belushi, which I think was 33, maybe. Even though Belushi looked way older than that, he died at 33, and so did uh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley was so obsessed with Belushi. What you learn on this podcast is that um, Chris Farley would go to wardrobe and find clothes that uh, John Belushi wore at SNL, and he would put them under his regular his regular clothes just to get like the essence or the spirit of John when he was performing on SNL. Yes. Shit, Ope, if I was loaded with the beach home, I would be sleeping till at least noon. But you do you, brother. Love the drive. Miss hanging out with Sherrod, Godfrey, and Artie back in the day. Bro, it's in my blood. I do take naps during the day if you want to know the truth. But I'm up. uh, My body starts waking me up around 5 every effing morning because of morning radio and because of being a caddy. Plus the fact it's the best time of day. When you get up this early and beat everybody else, you beat all the a-holes up. Oh, my God. It's glorious. There are some mornings in New York City I'm up before 6, and I'll walk around the neighborhood a little bit, and there's not a soul around, and it's just glorious. All right, guys. I got to go. Coffee got cold. Running out of battery power. My nose is itchy. Is this the beginning of spring allergies? It might. Stupid tiny little yellow flowers that bloom out here. Has that begun? As soon as I see those little effers, I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. I'll be sneezing for a week straight. Try. I've tried everything. Don't give me the try this crap. I've tried everything. I want to itch my nose so bad right now. (laughs) Can I... I mean, I could just go off camera and do it, but it's just driving me nuts. Did you witness in real time spring allergies beginning? You might have. All right. I got to go. I just got to go. Good.